This week on the Passion for Craft podcast, it is a really visual experience. You're welcome to listen to it, especially if you know a lot of history. You'll be able to envision a lot of the things that we're talking about, but we definitely believe that this episode is worth it to watch online, on YouTube, on our Patreon, the video format. Yeah, I'm Jackson. I have zero experience with carpentry. I studied at a school for historic preservation in Boston and learned about how things were built, you know, 250 years ago. There's a long way to go. I'm nowhere near the top. Not that I thought I was, but there's so much more to do out there. Welcome back to the Passion for Craft podcast. Brent has come up with potentially some questions or factoids about George Washington. Right, Washington this time. Washington. G-dubs. Okay, before we get going here, let me pull out my secret weapon here. There is a new artificial intelligence program where you can type in anything and it will just come up with stuff. Okay. So this is like John Henry versus the railroad making machine. Ah. And so I typed in, make us a hard 10 question quiz about Thomas Jefferson and his architecture. All right. Okay. So the first one wasn't hard enough. And so then I typed in, make a harder quiz than that. And the second one is a doozy. (laughs) (laughs) I think. This is just me personally. So uh, I'm just going to go rapid fire for the first one. Only thing I want to say. Okay. We are going to study Thomas Jefferson later. I can type in George Washington right now, but I think these are funny. Okay, let's try it. Okay, just rapid fire. All right. Okay, ready? What style of architecture did Thomas Jefferson draw his inspiration from for his designs? Palladium. What's the name of the mansion that Thomas Jefferson designed and built at his plantation in Virginia? Monticello. What's the name of the building that Thomas Jefferson designed to serve as the main academic building of the University of Virginia? The Rotunda. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, So it's this next section of seven questions. This is why I said this wasn't a hard quiz. Is what's the name of the building that Thomas Jefferson designed to serve as blank? So literally the next seven questions are that. I'm just going to read what the service is. Okay. Okay. So I'll read it fully for the first one. What's the name of the building that Thomas Jefferson designed to serve as the home of the President of the United States? White House. Like, is that a man? That's the question. It's it's an AI. So it may have just been a bad question. He, Thomas Jefferson asked them to have a competition for the design of the White House. Mm. But he didn't design the White House. Okay. Uh, Capitol building of the state of Virginia. What's the name of that building? Is it just the state house? State house. You're asking, right? Like Virginia state house. I know this is a computer that made. All right. The library of the university of Virginia. What's the name of that building? I don't know. Okay. So the next are all just that. So I think the rotunda is the library. Well, I don't know. Why doesn't it give us the answer? Well, I just asked it to make a quiz. I didn't ask. Okay. I'm like, is he even right? I am too, but I think that's, yeah. Okay, so then the next ones were like crazy. So uh, what architectural design principles did Thomas Jefferson incorporate into his designs, and how did they reflect his beliefs about democracy and education? Dang. Well, (laughs) So that's where I was like. When he did the university, it was called the Academial Village. And so. uh, Academial? Academial. Academial? I could, doesn't matter. Uh, academy, like a academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I could, I could pull my way through that question. <laughs> <laughs> you can find a way. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so how did his role as president impact Thomas, impact his architectural projects? Well, they delayed him. I oh, mean, wow. tremendously. I mean, it took him 
a long time. Uh, okay, last one. How did Thomas Jefferson's architectural designs for the White House reflect his beliefs about the role of the president of the United States and the significance of the nation's capital? Well, that's what I was talking about when I was talking about Pierre Lafont's design, uh -huh. that there is a philosophical reason that the pres the White House was was visible from, this, from the U.S. Capitol. They were checks and balances, and then there's the judicial branch, which was supposed to keep the, the checks and balances. And so I don't know how much Jefferson necessarily led that, mm -hmm. but he was cognizant of it and, and understood it. And yeah. Really, at the end of the day, I thought that was just a funny... Uh, <laughs> Okay, well, program. I want to talk to you about another president. Did you use a machine to create this program? Or? I did not. Okay. There's a book. I'm doing that study for uh, the book I'm writing mm -hmm. on mill, mill work. And really what's challenging about it is that I, I, how does design happen in 1780 or 1800? Like, what are they looking at? What are they? And it's all the pattern books that they were, they were looking at. So there's a book called American Architects and Their Books, okay? So this deals with all the guys that I that I tell uh, stories about in my videos, right? Asher Benjamin's in here, uh, Ithiel Town, Andrew Jackson Downing, Bullfinch, Charles Bullfinch. Mm -hmm. it's, it's fascinating to me, mm -hmm. okay? And more um, importantly than them, it's their books that they're, they're like the print yeah, design and, books. Yeah, how they designed. And, and one of the things this, this guy, Robert, uh, Dalzell Jr. This is a bunch of columns or articles that, that this uh, Kenneth Haffertep has has edited. He's been the editor for all these articles. Okay. So there's all they're presenting all these ideas. I just want to read you this first one. Uh, in August 1775, George Washington wrote to Lund Washington, his kinsman friend and manager at Mount Vernon. I wish you would quicken Lampfear and Sears about the dining room chimney piece to be executed as mentioned in one of my last letters as I could wish to have the end of the house completely finished when I return, okay? So, that is 1775, mm -hmm. okay? Where is, where is George Washington in 1775? New York. He's in Cambridge, Mass., basically organizing the army. He's been in charge of the army. He's the general. I he, is, he was a general. He was, he, he's put in, put in charge of, of the American forces. And so, here he is writing a letter home, okay, basically saying, you know, uh, hey, be sure to, to to finish that you know addition we are working on, and you know, he is interested and consumed about the remodeling of his house. And yeah. what what this author, you know, brings to light is that uh, George Washington, drum roll please, was the architect of Mount Vernon. Hmm. Dang, <laughs> crazy, <laughs> boom! Did no one know that? No, that's not a well-known thing. Wow. There are at least three things that you can see in this photo that are uniquely American, uniquely George Washingtonian, okay, and and reflect his unique um, uh, grasp of architecture hmm. and his his study and and thinking about architecture. Okay, what do you see when wow. you see this this house? Okay, one, it's an incredible view. He's looking out <laughs> over the Potomac, right? Golly, that's you, a gorgeous you, house. You, you now know why he. Uh, built that piazza, the porch on the back side. But what do you notice about the front side of the house? It's very balanced. It's like shutters are on. It, it is point. balanced. But what do you notice about that 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 central piece? That simple front. Well, no. the scalloped no, well, I mean, edges. Like you've got thing. two doors, two windows on the left, but you but oh, you don't have two oh, windows on the floor. other side. And it's not balanced. It's it's actually kind of 
Oh my gosh, it's off. It's off. It's off. The, so you, right underneath the triangle at the top. Look, you've got, if you start from the outside going oh, in. Oh, yeah, that's weird. But if, those windows are just shutters closed, right? Yeah, but there are. They are, but they're, look at the lineups of it. Look how close. Look at the gaps between them, right? It's it's a little bit funky, okay? It's it, the, the, the top, yeah. The, the quick view of it is like, oh, yeah, it's real balanced. But when you look at it, you go, actually, it's not really balanced. It's, well, it's even, like. Like looking at the bottom, do you see those little like sewer drain things? Yes. You can line those up, and the one on the left side of the door lines up directly with that window, yeah. and the one on the right side of the door does not even closely line up. Yeah, to I mean, the, the gap between the window and door, the center door on the left side versus on the right side, you can see it better here. Oh, it's jacked up. It's completely different, okay? So. The other thing you notice about this house is what is that material on the outside? It is wood, but it has been rusticated. Yeah, I've I've told you that, but it's meant to look like <laughs> it meant to look like stone, okay? But that's wood, okay? And it's it, it is rustication. Um, and sorry, I didn't mean to take the words out of your mouth. <laughs> Was that a uniquely American thing? I actually don't know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. it, it, Peter Harrison did it with the Redwood Library in 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 Newport. Um, and so the, the one interesting thing about Washington is that he uh, traveled a ton, okay? Mm. And, you know, he may have traveled more than any American, mm -hmm. okay? Think that he was fighting the Indian, Indian, French and Indian wars. Yeah. Think that he was uh, in, the, in, the, in the 1750s. Uh, and in the 1770s, he's all over the country uh, with his army and as president and everything else. So he saw the Virginia Tidewater mansions. He saw, you know, the Palladian kind of, you know, Drayton Hall and things in South Carolina. So he's drawing influence from a lot of different from things. From a lot of different things. So what's fascinating about Washington is that he is a consummate learner, okay, mm -hmm. and a lover of architecture. And so the they don't go into many of the, the letters in his books, but um, because he basically inherits the house in like 1730 or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but he is constantly working on his house, uh, always working on it. In fact, there's a drawing that we actually have his hand, right? Drawing this <laughs> out, okay? And so Washington, you know, is the one that laid this out. Now, this isn't, you know, that, he laid that out, but it didn't actually get executed that way. Did not. Right? And so, which is kind of interesting, but, um, you know, here we have a drawing, uh, a hand-done drawing from Washington himself laying out the design of his house. Sorry, this might be a little dumb, but uh, I, I am curious. Like, do we know why? Do we know why it got jacked up? Are we working up to that? I don't know why. And, this and is right there, which in reality could not be done. There was the house between 1730 and 1759. So they did an additional... Oh, wow. And okay. then there, there's the work they did in 1759 to 1774. So it looks like that jacked it up. Because if you look, they, yeah, that's where does. they've got the, the it difference. It does. It jumped that, knocked that window over. That, yeah, that window is on the right side of the door. got moved. The last time I visited Mount Vernon <laughs> that's and, weird. and went inside was, you know, 18 years ago. So I just started doing the research. I need to go back again, right? Mm -hmm. I need to go look at it because I'm sure inside that house, it's, something, it's, caused something it. happened that caused that window to be pushed wow. over. Or Maybe whatever a staircase else. on the right side. Oh, that's a good idea. And they had to push. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I just I haven't been in there and, and, and don't remember. That's a really good idea. Um, but yeah, that would make sense, right? Mm -hmm. But but something happened in there. And so when you go, when you think about that picture, that lower picture, and then what we have today, um, the pediment over the front door. So that, that was a later addition. The pediment over the front door was a later. Was a later thing. Uh, you know, the cupola, 
the wings on either side. Those What's are, a cupola? Yeah, what is a cupola? The cupola is the thing at the top Okay. Uh, with the lights and the little finial and stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah. And one thing that's interesting about that, the White okay, House looking there thing. was only one other cupola in America at the time, okay? And it was at Colonial Williamsburg on so the, that was on a the a governor's house. Yes. American so he city. saw that there. He saw that. He saw it at the governor's house in, in Williamsburg, uh, in Williamsburg there and, and, <laughs> and basically copied it. Okay. Wow. So it's kind of, you know, when you think about, uh, you know, what Washington did and what he was, what he was, uh, inspired by and what he was checking out, think about how important the cupola is to, to house designs and things like that today. What did that you think of Washington's those? one of the first ones to do it. I was thinking, cause that one is really balanced. I just imagine him pulling up on a horse like, what the, it's not balanced. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I just got back from war. <laughs> That's really funny. Defended my country for this. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's, you know, there are there are some heritage type things that, that Washington did. Certainly the cupola, it was an important thing. But if we go back to that first picture with the, I mean, with, the with the back porch, right? Like that porch, okay, is has inspired a lot of other architecture, okay? And this house has inspired other architecture. There's some there's a house in in White Rock Lake in Dallas, yep. okay, that is a, a copy and I and I gave a picture of that. It's the immense house in Dallas, but it was a copy of the uh of the mm. white house i mean of the Washington, mount vernon oh my gosh yeah that's that's the house <clears throat> and so that's that, cool that and then there's some bad ones too right there's some there's that some of this the the back porch at at mount vernon is not very you know architecturally correct well i, I was curious right? they have the square the square columns. piers right is square columns right <laughs> so there's a 1940s kind of colonial revival mount vernon-esque building that's you know, not Wait, very good. So so just as a as a pause as an aside for just an apprentice like me. Wow, it, that is palpable how bad that building is, <laughs> and I can't I don't know how to explain to someone. Hey, that's bad. What's curious, okay, uh -huh. is that, you know, that Palladian window on the right, okay, is 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 actually comes from a Beatty Langley pattern book, okay, that shows a Palladian window. So th there's very clear picture of, of Betty Langley's pattern book there with the, with the pedestals underneath the columns on either side of the window. But that design the for the outside that you look at the outside of the, of the you know, what was executed, right? You yeah. see the, the stonework underneath there versus what was, was in the pattern books is, you know, somewhat typical of the way things were built at that time. So you're saying this bottom section here would have been stone. Well, it, that's the way it was presented in the pattern book yeah. from Beatty Langley. And yet the way it was executed was, you know, different than that. It was, it, you know, mm -hmm. I don't think it's it's done quite as quite as nicely. But I mean, it's still a very beautiful, you know, Palladian window, broken pediment, um, you know, designed from a Beatty Langley pattern book. And I bring that up and I point that out because there are some things that are canonical, right? They're, they're from the canon, they're from the, they're architecturally pure, they're really well done. But if you look at the back porch, okay, back porch isn't, right? The proportions of those columns are greatly exaggerated. And so as far as a um, architectural purity, okay? Mm -hmm. And so, here's where we get into you know uh george washington being a individual 
and liking things that he liked and coming up with designs that, you know, it's been talked about that, that his, this design and the design of his house in general, some people found very refreshing, but purists found, you know, wonky, right? That they found it to be immediately recognizable as like, it's kind of a mess, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is there a historic precedent for square columns like that? Yeah, I mean, when a column is square, like that, it's called a pier. And um, uh, square piers. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes. Typically, columns were round. Okay, there is precedent to, for sometimes a, a pier like that, but it's it's also one of the. It's not certainly not common in 1775 or whenever he was doing this. Mm -hmm. And so it, it is. It is again part of the wonkiness of you know of this design and, and the way this was put together. Um, you know, when you have a pier like that, it's typically not tapered. You don't have an emphasis, right? That mm. you would with the round column. You know, they're still handsome, right? And and but the width to height that is typical in the cannons, where you're, you know, a Tuscan order would be you know seven tall, one wide, kind of one to seven relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are probably one to fifteen or something yeah. like that. And so it, it's really kind of an odd proportion the way it's the way it's put together. But, so one foot wide to 15 feet tall, and that doesn't have the right proportion because it technically should be a larger pier, like a wider pier. Yeah, for for a for a for a entablature that, that tall, okay, you would typically have a column that was much bigger than that. Or okay? you have some sort of tapering or like mm -hmm. expansion mm -hmm. coming out. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean that this doesn't work, okay? That doesn't mean that that he can't stretch the rules and do some of these things because he hmm. evidently understands the rules, but he's played with them here, right? And mm -hmm. and from the river, okay, looking back at the at the at the mansion, it doesn't look terrible. It inspires. I mean, there's a reason people, especially in the '40s and stuff, were were building Mount Vernon-esque houses and things like that, is because this was. Yeah. I mean, from here, looking it's right pretty. back up, it's pretty, right? And so, but then if you look at the canon, look at the rules, right? Yeah. If you were going to say that, it doesn't really follow those. And that one modern one, that one's off-putting. If you look at the, the bricks holding up the columns, it just looks looks kind of weird, you know? Well, it looks weird because they're skinnier. Like if they had done a fuller base on them, it might have looked yeah, better. But also like that, fatter. the column itself is, or the pier itself is tiny it's mm -hmm. like it and the, and looks the base, less than a the, foot. look at the, how the base is about to swallow that brick pier underneath you know it's it's kind of you know it looks like you could just go and it yeah. would like it would like fold together yeah the um you know there, there's a whole a whole other concept called intercolumnization <laughs> basically the easy for you to say yeah how how far apart columns should be okay to look right and so um, in the original pattern books, there's tons of time spent on, you know, what's that spacing? You know, you know, how does it how does it lay out with each order? There is a relationship. See that there's one space on the left, two spaces, three spaces. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's and it's the amount, the number of columns that are. And so some look stronger than others. And when those columns get start getting too far apart, they start looking weak and the reason why you looked at that that 1940s thing is it looks like it can push down is because it looks weak it looks mm. like it can't support what's going on there because it, it's it technically falls into the doric style but it is spaced like a 
well, Corinthian it, or composite. It, 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 it's space so that your mind looks at it and says that doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. right? And so because they, they're too far apart, they're they're better in the George yeah. Georgies in the in the modern one. They're so far apart. Yeah, there is just small subtleties that you look at it and go, I don't know really what's wrong with that, but but it doesn't look right, right? And so we can sit here and, and start picking at it, but you know the entablature is too small. The, the way that column sits on that pier, it's weak. Um, you know, even the, the size of that pier is weird compared, you know, as a proportion to the height of the column. It, it mm-hmm. doesn't look like it's... It looks it's, thin. It looks thin, right? It looks and, like the ratio from the, the brick base to the entablature at the top is off as well. Yeah, I mean, just it's just badly executed. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I, I'll sometimes say the difference between good and great is an eighth of an inch. You know, it, it's small, it's subtle, it's not completely obvious. And so yeah. we end up with these things. Now, if we can get back to Washington, right? Yeah. The, 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 the thing that's I think is fun to learn from him and fun to think about from him is, you know, how did he get, you know, where does his inspiration come from? You know, what can we learn from him as a designer, as, 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 as stuff? But if you go to some of his interiors, right, they're very well executed, right? They're, they're, they're sophisticated, they're hip, okay? Um, his, his, his living room with his, uh, uh, the, the, where the plating window is, I mean, look at, the, look at this picture and, and, you know, tell me what style it is. Federal? Yeah. And, and so this is 1790s, right? Wow, that is really Completely detailed in federal. the federal period, right? Now the outside of that plating window is a little more Georgian, but the inside is, you know, all that detailing in there is completely federal, okay? Mm-hmm. And so he's hip, you know, even those colors, right? Those greens and things like that with like Wedgwood pottery yeah. is, is really sexy. Uh, those swags and the, and the decoration they've got in there, yeah. that ceiling with the swags, I mean, that's... That is, you know, perfect, you know, federal detailing. And so, wow, right. We're seeing, we're seeing all these kind of funny things. Right. Um, and you know, there's, oh, wow. there's an that earlier awesome. room, um, with some federal, a federal the relief federal on the ceiling on the top. Yeah. But, uh, but probably more of a Georgian rooms, an earlier room. And so, cause it's not thin <laughs> enough to be federal. Right. Right. It was just a little bit heavy and you had, you know, there's That's a little, federal room. Well, the mantle is, yeah. um, but typically like a full paneled wall is not really typical in the federal period. You know, if we went back to that that other room, you, you notice there's a wainscot in there. It isn't a full paneled wall. So when you see a full paneled wall, it's usually an earlier room. That green room we were just looking at looks like a Georgian room that was kind of maybe federalized, right? That mm. was given some federal detailing. But that, I mean, that mantle right there is a Georgian mantle, um, yeah. but they've tried to lighten it up maybe with color and stuff like that. So anyway, it's a- uh, Cause it's heavier. Yeah, there's sophistication that Washington was doing and, and he was very knowledgeable about. Every doorway has got a broken pediment. Broken pediment. And, and this is a Georgian room, right? Full paneled walls. Gosh. Uh, the, the strength of that, the, the stair newels right there. The brackets uh, and yeah. the crown. It, yeah. It's a heavy room, oh, it's right? Cool. It, this is heavy, this is Georgian. And- um, I just got chills. The- uh, <laughs> Look at that rim lock on that door back there. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, that is a monster <laughs> rim lock. Would love That's to a fig- cool door open too. up that yeah, hardware. Eight panel. The, looks like the a grain match pine. too. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, the grain match is really cool. Well, it's, it, it could be grained. 
It could be you oh, know, okay. paint, a painted grain on there. I mean, it just looks, oh. it as, looks as, good. as perfect as that looks. It, it could wow. be. The heritage that we get from Washington is, um, you know, one, it's very typical what he's doing, okay, with how houses were built in the 1750s to the 1800s. Yeah. He said you had a gentleman architect, right? And he was working with his local craftsmen to come up with this. But George, because we have all those letters, was the design leader, okay? Mm -hmm. He was the one wanting to execute this. And we see these personality traits coming through, that piazza on the back, um, the uh, the cupola are uniquely Washington. And so we end up with this house that, that expresses his character, expresses, you know, how he was growing up. It tells a story of, you know, growing up in the Georgian period, coming out of the American Revolution, and then having this federal style being very hip and, and, and cool. So we see both of those in this house. Um, it, it's just, you know, here we see in architecture a reflection of the man. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I think one misconception I had when I first got into all this was that if it's a Georgian house, the whole house is Georgian. Yeah. But I quickly learned that's not the case. Oh, I, I had that misconception until right right now. Really? I was today years old when I learned that. Yeah. What's, uh, what does that mean? So you can have different styles all in one house? Well, when we went to the Thistle Hill, yeah. it's like, it almost felt like a showroom of different styles. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, cool. Yeah, like a different, like federal and Georgian, like in this house. I guess well, I always thought that was a, a trait of a McMansion is, is combining different styles, but I guess they, they work together. Well, the way I look at it, when I talk to our clients about the jobs, I want to create a narrative. Okay. This house has a narrative. Mm -hmm. Okay. This house has a story. Okay. What yeah. is that story? Well, it, it's, it was certainly an earlier Georgian house. We see that in those moldings, in those rooms, that entry stair hall. And then you see the sophistication later with the, with that federal room where on the inside of that deal where or clearly that's a later period. Now, this too is also a blend of periods because those columns, those piers in between the windows on that Palladium window are big and thick, okay? If it wasn't for that federal detailing in the panel, that black with the, with the federal yes. detailing in there, this would, you know, the scale of it would be Georgian, okay? And so we're seeing a mix of different things and we're seeing this house mm. um, grow and, you know, learn over time and, and change. And so there's a narrative, hey, you know, and we can look back, oh, you know what's cool is that Washington first had this house and then he started making it better. Mm. And then, you know, he went off to war and then he learned about federal style. He was traveling around. He got inspired by some things. He loved the the cupola at you know uh, Colonial Williamsburg. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like it's, a living journal. It's a li totally, life. it is. Yeah. And so this is really this becomes this narrative, right, of how this house grew and changed over time. To your point about that that decorative detail in the um, column or not column there the panel. in the panel, yeah. They're stuck with that width because of the exterior. Exactly. So they can't change exactly. it. So they had to. They exactly. lightened it by. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. No, oh, it is. It that. is very cool. So um, exterior plays in the interior, of course. Yeah. Anyway, so so now there's now there's a narrative, right? And so which is good, and that's why you know your point 
they do live together. And, and when I'm sleuthing a house and trying to figure out when it was built, it's all those different stories that combine that you're trying to peel away and go, because you if, remember that 1870s house we were, we were working on, it had this wood paneling wall from the 50s. And you're like, what, is, what, what, what was under here? And, and, and what, what happened first? And we're looking at nails and we're looking at you know d different materials saying, well, they wouldn't have had embossed moldings in that period. And so, we, you, know, and so you end up doing, but there, I think all of all houses have this expression of different periods in there, mm -hmm. so they change. Well, you over got time. a perfect example of the one you're doing right now at the barn. That a yeah. narrative, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. like a yeah. great example. The yeah. little house, yeah. then the barn, then that gets added to living space right. and the silo. Yeah. One thought that I've always had uh, about you is a really fun content piece for you, and I thought especially on this show would be. Um, would be you getting sent in, I guess, photos from whoever, Joe Schmo, who's like, I can stump him. Like, I can stump him with this house, <laughs> you know? And then you're like, okay, so there's this, there's this, there's this, best guess, this is a Victorian house, you know? Uh, or just as little information as possible. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I'd watch that. Oh, no, yeah, that would be cool. I don't think they could stump him, though. Yeah, I think there's, there's, two, there's too many clues that mm. I think I can reach my hand in the past and just grab a molding and go, this is from this period. Mm. Because I think, just embarrass I, I think they're so, <laughs> so distinctive. So it wouldn't be as interesting as I thought, but it would, it, I think it'd be still fun. I think it'd be fun too. Yeah. Uh, that, that'd be awesome. That'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. Well, it'd also be fun because there'd just be a suite of like all these really cool old houses. Yeah, and totally. really yeah. cool old pieces and really good ones and really bad ones. You know, as you go through your, as I go through my life, I think I've done the exact same thing. I've been on jobs and I've, you know, a la carte stuff. Oh, I want that, you mm -hmm. know, buffet style. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You know, and to see that he did that too, is just inspiring to me because mm -hmm. I'm like, we all do that. Well, it's, it's especially cool because his plays really well because he was so well learned he did the research, right? He looked into well, and all so these cool it, styles. And if you look at a building at that time, mm -hmm. okay, so you know, I was surprised when I read this article that Washington was a you know architect. I was you know I did not know that. And so you know, the, obviously the famous one. We'll we'll spend a whole episode on him as Thomas Jefferson and, and his whole deal. But it was pretty typical at the time at this time. So we're talking in America, you know, 1750, let's say to 1800, is that there really weren't many architects, okay? Mm -hmm. Gentlemen architects, okay? Guys who had owned books, who were interested in architecture. It, part of the, this goes back to the English tradition of the Grand Tour and that wealthy young men would go to Europe, they'd go to, to, to Italy and study the ruins. They would, they would buy books on architecture so that they could come back and build these great country homes yeah. uh, inspired from Palladio, inspired from, you know, just uh, classical design, okay? Mm. So it, it was, you know, they were, they were the design leaders at this time. There's, there's Charles Bullfinch in Boston. There's Peter Harrison in Newport. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe there's Jefferson. Uh, and, and a little bit later into the 1800, there's, uh, there, there's it, the profession starts to grow. And those are true architects. Well, it's, so what happened in America is the architecture as a profession in England was, was a real thing. Yeah. And, but in America, they really couldn't afford that. And so, you know, see the rustication here? This is, again, mm -hmm. wood 
side siding made to look like stone Gosh. and we think this is where washington saw it uh but peter harrison was a was a gentleman architect very wealthy mm-hmm. uh he built this for this for for a library okay and i've been there it's really cool i mean that rustication looks some of the best i've ever seen yeah it's it's pretty sweet because that one actually is on a stone base in comparison to that other one we were critiquing this looks perfect proportion oh yeah like it's no, not this, gonna no, fall this is over. like right out of the book this is this is how good design happened right mm-hmm. and and so these guys would own expensive books i mean one thing that's that's happened from this research there's a guy a great builder one of my heroes a guy named william buckland okay mm-hmm. came from england where he apprenticed okay in england and then he was brought over as an indentured servant to um a wealthy planter in virginia okay he ended up building this house called gunston hall and he was a carver he was a craftsman he was a builder he was the designer they looked at his library he had like i think it was 17 books which was huge library at the time they don't think washington had a book this is the back of of a book a design book that he used but like the like the fireplace we know came from an abraham swan book the uh are you talking about for the house for the house he washington had i think three architecture books okay two of them were like picture books right like uh, picture of pretty villas and and pretty things in england and stuff like that but not a builder's pattern book that would have would have said this is how you execute these things so um Buckland came over and built this house called Gunston Hall. Yeah, Eat I mean, that, that's a Flemish bond on the outside. Um, but he he has some rooms in here, like the entry stair hall is fabulous. He's got a Palladian room. He's got a uh, room where he's got Chinese chinoiserie going on. Um, oh, my gosh. That's but, awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's a masterpiece. Okay. And look at that room. Um, <laughs> Look at wow. those broken pediments on the top of those columns. And so the, he oh would have. Uh, that's, that's really interesting. That's that, how you got to show off your china, Richard, right? The, there. In, <laughs> <laughs> the entablature is even broken on but that look at the, the, the Look at the styling here. Oh, my this God. Is, this is Chinese, right? It's called chinoiserie, and it's just Chinese influence. It's like okay? the Taipei's roof. And so China is, is, is just being discovered. Have you ever done anything like that? Sorry to interrupt you. Like any, have you all ever done millwork um, like that? Well, what have we done? Well, I guess we not a lot of people would draw from the Chinese style a lot. We anymore. did a Chinese Chippendale stair one time, right? So that Chippendale was a was a English uh, furniture maker. He had a book called the uh, the Directorate, and um, it was kind of the first furniture book where he had these plates and these drawings. It was very influential. Actually, Buckland had a copy of Thomas Chippendale's Directorate, wow. and it had uh, Chinese. You know, when I say chinoiserie, it's, it's Chinese influence. And basically, China was just being discovered. So we were getting gunpowder from them. We we're getting China, right? The plates yeah. and the things that they were coming from, from China. Uh, Winter Tour actually has George Washington's China in their collection. Um, wow. And so uh, what, what happened is, is they traveled to China. They noticed their architecture and like, you know, railings and stuff like this were in these patterns okay that we now call chinese chippendale patterns right or chinese patterns and this is a room which architecture is inspired see that little pagoda over top of that door over there that pagoda top and stuff like that Uh i mean it's it's um anyway that's all chinese influence and so 
Buckland was, was one of these guys who came in and really uh, raised the bar as far as architecture and styling. It was one of the first craftsmen to actually be able to talk to a Jefferson or a George Washington and say, let me help you design this thing. Let me help you, you know, work, work out this thing. Whereas Washington, it's thought, you know, worked with his craftsmen, really didn't have anybody to, to talk to and, and, and work those things yeah, out. Was he contemporary craft. to them? Like same time? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Buckland was, uh, died too soon is, is the loss with him. He had, an amazing team of craftsmen he had uh anyway he was he was really going places if he could have lived yeah. another 20 years our architecture in america would be better for wow. for him he might that be big my of new an favorite architect yeah. i mean this is this is some of the coolest houses i think i've ever seen that is one of the coolest rooms ever so oh, so um room. When Buckland did the Hammond Hardwood House, okay, in Annapolis. So he started in Virginia and then he went to Annapolis and started, you know, he's basically building up his resume. In fact, Buckland was, uh, was one of the early thoughts of who helped Washington design is, is one of the questions is whether Buckland helped Washington because they were contemporaries. But this doorway at the Hammond Hardwood House, that's the back side of it. Um, is this is his masterpiece, right? Is this house? Mm. Thomas Jefferson said the front door at the Hammond Harbor is the most beautiful door in America, and it's pretty special. I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, Buckland was around, you know, Jefferson and around these guys. Bullfinch ended up working in Washington D.C. as you know one of the the architects to the Capitol, but the bar in America at that time was pretty low yeah. as far as, you know, masters that were able to, you know, do things like they were doing in Europe and mm -hmm. it just wasn't happening here. What comes to my mind as you're showing us these things and he said, that's the best doorway in the, in America, right? It's that's sometimes that's all it takes to have a beautiful house. I mean, the problem with the McMansions that we're always talking about is they try to do that like everywhere. Yeah. You know, they try to just, <laughs> I'm going to make it all beautiful. Well, you're right. I mean, look how simple this design like truly is. Like the yeah. face and the facade of this house really is not that much more work. So, so here's what, here's what happens. And, and I think you guys are, are, you know, hitting on one of the, the keys and we, we've kind of, nibbled around it but good design okay and and beautiful things okay are often simple okay and and people i think want to put more moldings or they look at those chippendale rooms or they look at that you know the the swags and the carvings in this thing in this doorway and go well that's why it's special well mm. that's not really why it's special the reason why it's special is because the proportion scale and everything else yeah. are put together in such a way that the the carvings just enhance it okay the carvings mm -hmm. are the jewelry just on top of it mm -hmm. they're not the reason why it's great if you pulled back on that house and put it down on paper you would see what's called regulating lines right that lines that you know start in one corner go up to the other corner mm -hmm. and start pulling the parts mm -hmm. and pieces together. And so the separation in the windows, the, 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 it is all based on a proportion and a scale yeah. that, that is, you know, beautiful to look at. And then you get into the execution of the craftsmanship. Then you get into like the, the gauged brick over those windows mm -hmm. and that each one of those is custom made and, and, and custom detailed. 
And it's, and it's just a little another 1% thing, 2% thing that when there's 10 or 15 of those things, all of a sudden there's 20, you know, 30% more there because of all of those little details and little elements. Notice that there's that doorway. They got it open over there. I love the frame on that painting and how it plays into that doorway. Well, the, the deal is, is that that doorway is a false doorway. And so that door closes over that oh opening, gosh. so it balances on the other side. The is opening is that the fireplace? Is that a fireplace? Yeah, that's right a there? fireplace. That's how much room. they cared. Oh yeah, that's so, so clever about balance that yeah. they put a basically a facade room. So yeah, they did that totally for balance, right? Now another great house I've studied quite a bit is called is Wait, called. Whose house is this? <laughs> I I gotta know. This, this is, is the Hammond Hardwood House. Hammond Hardwood. Hammond. H-A-M-M-O-N-D, Harwood. Try to imagine it without that door. It does feel, it feels like it needs. Well, well especially with the, the things on top of the doors. Oh, it really does. Yeah. It that. There's oh, another so great house called Drayton Hall in South Carolina. Okay. Mm -hmm. Built in probably 1750, 1740. And what's amazing about this house is that it was built in 1740, 1750 mm. in America because we're really pretty primitive then, okay? Mm -hmm. And the great houses, I think, start being built in the 1760s, okay, in, in kind of more mass quantity. And then there's these outliers like this house that kind of stand up to this, this, you know, and who built this house, right? We don't, we don't know, and we, we don't Weird. know. Oh, we, seriously? No, we, we, we've got, so oh, we think cool. this is the example of a, uh, and this is actually the back side of the house, okay? This is the, the, the back side, the front side is the river side because the river was the highway, right? Oh, and that's yeah. where everything got shipped in and done. But this is the view from the river when you're coming up to the back of the house and what you're looking at here. And so what's interesting is that, and, and here's where you get a little more insight into G George Washington, is he is looking at, the owner of this had to have owned a you know Palladium pattern book or he had to have owned something like that. The builder of it. To, 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 in order to build it, right? Yeah. And so we, we don't really have a master craftsman who helped put this together. Instead, we have hints at you know how building happened during mm -hmm. that time. And if you go to the interior, you see some, you know, the reason why this house is so important is because it was owned by this um, by this family and then left. Okay, they never put air conditioning in it. They never put a bathroom in it. They never did plumbing. There's no electrical That's wiring. That's kind of creepy. And so it got it, it totally got <laughs> like a ghost house. Yeah, it totally got just kind of. It became their weekend cottage. You know, let's go up to the house and things like this. Oh, and then they 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 finally gave it over to. The historic society. Uh, this historic society. But here you have an example of a house that's kind of never been touched. And so, you know, if you look, if you look at, if you look capsule. at, yeah. yeah, totally. And so, you know, the full paneled walls that you see in here. Gosh. And, and this is, is yeah. proof why you don't need an accent wall and why you need to panel. Wall <laughs> yeah. right. exactly. I mean, this is so pretty. This is it unbelievable. Is. And so this was executed, executed by. I'm assuming another fake door. Sorry to interrupt again. On right here on the, on the right, right yep. there's a fake door. On the close right, another yeah. fake door. It's actually on this wall. Uh, that actually is a closet to oh, your right okay. of the fireplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's out of frame, but it's in that photo. So unfortunately, this is awesome. We're, we're definitely coming close to time here. So Brent, would you do a little bow for us? on this, on George Washington? And uh, I know we're talking about his influences right now very there. clearly. Yeah. yeah, there's the fall story, you were right. Um, so yeah, tie I mean, it up for us. I think I think it's 
you know, one, it's just fun that Washington was uh, an architect, quote unquote. And, and, you know, that wasn't his profession, no. but, but you didn't really have an architectural profession at that time. Bullfinch, who was, I think, the closest thing to an architect, really made money as a, you know, city surveyor and, you know, finally going to Washington to do that. But he never made money in Boston as an architect, although he designed their state house and he did a bunch of other things. Yeah. And so the architecture profession just wasn't, you know, robust at that time. And so, you know, the fact that Washington built his house and was the architect really makes sense. Yeah. There, there's there's things too about Washington that we have the cupola, that kind of back porch, the wings that go around the outside and open piazza kind of thing are all unique, unique to Washington mm -hmm. that have inspired people for years and years and years. And so one, I think what we can take from him is, you know, and, and then looking bigger picture as we expand away from Washington, just how America and great houses were built at that time, yeah. I think is also interesting that, you know, it was people kind of figuring it out, but using really good textbooks to, you know, to talk about what that looked like. Mm -hmm. Well, sweet. Richard, what's one big takeaway you got from this guy? Old G-dubs. <laughs> Uh, it's, it just reminds me of the country that we live in, how you, you take all this diversity of people, not only people, but architecture mm -hmm. and it's a melting pot, yeah. you know, and that's a cliche thing to say, but it truly is. And even from its infancy, you can see that just through what these guys are doing mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, I'm just proud to be an American. I yeah. love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Man, I, I get now why George Washington didn't settle for MDF dentures because he really, I mean, he spent a lot of money on his house and, you know, he's not going to cheap out on his teeth, but... I'm glad you brought that full circle. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean, he's passion for craft. It's clear. Passion for craft. Um, he had it. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you guys for watching another episode of Passion for Craft podcast. Uh, if you did like this, please... Um, like and subscribe as all the videos say um, but we'd love we'd love your you guys to check out our patreon um, we have a lot more benefits there to kind of take the, the learning further um, you want to become an excellent builder today bring back some of the great craftsmen um, that existed back then into modern days uh, I think that's a great place to start great educational breeding ground um, for you to begin your education. So thanks for watching and, uh, we'll see you next time.